0: Amen. Hey, we are on chapter 2, dealing with the topic once again, part 2 of Does God Exist? That's right, John. And uh, in our study, Introduction to? Apologetics. Apologetics. That's right. That's where we're at. Still enough time as you get there. And of course, that is uh, uh, dealing with chapter 2. The, we're dealing with, once again, as we saw before, the four classical arguments for the existence of God. We're gonna con- this chapter is all about the teleological argument, or the argument is the whole topic, of design and the importance of that is if you see design in something that implies it's purely by chance no. praise God you're listening that would be no is correct as we saw just to get you baited up for that logical response if you see design in something it implies a designer okay uh, is the old watch analogy that I've shared uh, various times once again if I came in here tonight I know it's been a couple weeks since I've been here uh, but if I came in here and I says guys I'm so excited I save uh, ten bucks didn't even have to go to Walmart to get this baby and uh, because what happened was I saw something a gleam in my eye out of the corner of my eye Ruth and it was right over there in that empty uh, lot over there and it was this watch and I went over there picked it up you know had nobody's name on it so it was cool and uh, I am firmly convinced that that watch spontaneously combusted over there over millions and billions of years because there is rocks over there. I saw them with my own eyes and dirt and wind and maybe a couple of lightning bolts struck it and, and given enough time, it just came into this watch. Now, if I, again, if I really believe that and after two weeks of vacation, uh, I came in here and I stated this uh, uh, emphatically from the pulpit, what would you say? Last time you went on vacation, where did you go on vacation and what did you eat or drink on vacation? Because something's wrong with your brain. Okay, right? And then you'd say, uh, wrong, call the deacon's meeting. (laughs) Anyway, uh, but uh, no, why? Because this watch with about maybe 12 moving parts, that's all it is, right? Everybody knows watches come from watchmaker somebody had to make this thing okay and folks it is ludicrous to see once again we're gonna begin a journey all the way from the telescope down to the microscope it is ludicrous to say that anything on uh, planet earth even beyond the earth in the space the atmosphere you name it happened by chance everything is incredibly designed now, way beyond just this watch okay and uh, we're gonna see that okay but that's what it is reason number two that's what this whole chapter is dealing with that one Okay, every complex design has a designer. Okay, now why is that important? Well, if you reject that obvious logical response, right? A watch implies a watchmaker designer, right? Then what you're actually uh, incurring upon yourself, the Bible calls is the wrath of God. Now, how many guys would say that if you're going to do something on a Saturday afternoon, probably storing up God's wrath is not a good thing to do. Right? Okay. And believe it or not, that's what the Bible says. When you reject this obvious evidence of intelligent design that clearly implies a designer, capital D, i.e. God, it's not good. In fact, what we're going to see is it's not only not good, this is the reason why, folks, this lie called evolution is the reason why we are seeing the absolute utter decay and destruction of our country. Because we started with the audacity to say there is no God and we're turning a blind eye to the evidence that everything is designed by Him. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 1 is the classic text. We're going to read the whole context, not just from 18 to 25 this time, uh, Lord willing. And because I want you to see that, listen, this whole issue of evolution that we're dealing with, okay, that denies the very first page of the Bible, not just the creation account, the very first sentence of the very first paragraph of the Bible. In the beginning, God is the one who created, not a cosmic accident or burp. We didn't come from the goo to the zoo to me and you. Okay, we came from God. We're creating His image. Okay, and uh, but let's take a look. Romans chapter one is going to tell us what happens. And I don't think it's by chance. It's in absolute direct orders we see the decay of our country, is to what we have done to this obvious evidence of design that God's left behind for us. Okay, it's not good. We're following the same unfortunate pattern. Okay, says this verse eighteen. When you get there, say move, move. Got a couple more. Get one. One more time. When you get there, say move. That's better. All right. There we go. And the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who what? Suppress the truth by their wickedness. Now, in the community here, we all know that when you want to share creation, when you want to share the Genesis account, when you want to share the Christian perspective, hey, it's an open field. We can teach it in schools. They they have equal airtime on the history channel and the nature channel for the Christian perspective. No, they don't. They're suppressing the truth. Exactly what this text says. And God says, the wrath is coming against that. You guys know better. We already read before in our previous study that the reason why they're doing this isn't because of lack of evidence. They are willingly ignorant, dumb on purpose. They are turning a blind eye to the facts. And Romans says they actually suppress it from people. That's what's going on today. Okay, in the media and the educational system. Now, it's by their weakness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them. Why? Because God's made it plain to them. Well, How? Well, for instance, the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have not just been seen, but clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, i.e. creation, what He created, so that men are without excuse. I didn't know there was a God. Did you, did you live on planet Earth? How many of you guys live on planet Earth? Praise God. All the rest of you. Huh? Right, let's just keep moving on. All right. Whoa. Anyways... How many guys have always lived on planet Earth? A little bit better response. I still have a quandary with the first response. But anyway. Uh, yeah, okay. So that's everybody. Nobody's going to get before God because you've been on planet Earth, what God created. You've witnessed His creation and all the things He's created. So you're, not, you're without excuse. You're not going to stand before... I didn't have enough evidence. You're here, aren't you? Right, And that's what he's talking about. Okay, For although they knew God, come on, man, you know the evidence is there. Although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened and they claimed to be wise. Isn't that the way it is? When you try uh, on the, you know, apparently what you got to have is a giant IQ and a really funky hairdo. You know, Mm, and this guy really knows what he's talking about because he's using these big giant words and John, you and I can never compete with that. Because they're so wise. Listen to that word. That was giant. I can't even spell it. You claim to be... Okay, thanks, John. Uh, let's move on again. Part two. Uh, they, <laughs> but they claim to be wise. They act so wise. Is that the intimidation factor? I got degree upon degree upon degree. And you can just come back with some common sense. Really? Let's take a look at a watch. And they sit there and they'll literally go, oh, oh, oh. Right? But they claim to be wise. But God says, man, you're acting like fools, Okay? Uh, is what's going on. And they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God says, fine, you want to reject me? I've given you all this evidence, tons of evidence. You actually want to say everything popped into existence by chance? What are you going to get for that? Stage one. Uh, The 50s, 60s, when evolution started being taught uh, in our school system, what was the next thing that came down the pike? If you study statistics, every single thing of moral thing went right through the roof. I mean, not talking like 10%, we're talking 500%, 725%. It's just absolutely nuts when they rejected God. Remember the days you used to have the Bible and prayer and God in schools? Not anymore. So you supplant that, you get rid of that, you turn from that, you suppress that. Here's stage one. Therefore God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts to what? Sexual impurity, okay, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Why? Because they exchanged the truth, take it out of the school system, and Uh, of God for a lie, evolution, and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Now, because of this, you don't want to turn from that? Okay, keep forward and fast forward even to our day. What happens to the morality? What happens to the society? It continues to go downhill. Because of this, God now gave them over to shameful lust. Listen, what was the next sin that started to enter in after society started to decay, after they took that step of teaching evolution, denying God's existence. Be cut bingo. Because of this God gave them over to shameful lusts, even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones, in the same way men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. What is happening today? Do you think it's by chance that Stage One, we saw the rise of morality in, in morality in general, and then starting in the late '80s, '90s really started making its inroads, Stage Two started to come, and now it's everywhere. It's exactly the pattern from Romans chapter one, And it all has to do with denying the existence of God. I, I'm telling you this, getting equipped, a uh, Christian with apologetics is not just a difference of worldviews. We, in love, have, are armed with the truth and even scientific truth to demonstrate to a world, listen, we can predict where our world is headed. Because it says what's coming next. Do you think it's bad now? We ain't seen nothing yet. Listen to this. He says, now, you didn't want to turn from that? And we're not turning from it, are we? We're accepting it. He said, furthermore, since they didn't think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, now he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They're gossip, slanders, God-haters insolent, arrogant, boastful. They even invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents, they're senseless, they're faithless, they're heartless, they're ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but they also pass legislation and cram it down our throats and say, you got to do it too. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading too much in there. They also approve of those who practice them. Folks, that's where we're going. Okay? Okay. How's it working out for you? So planning God in the minds of the people through the education and the media, okay, with a lie called evolution, denying his existence, we're in stage three now. I was just reading an article today. The guy was warning, and we talked before on the Final Countdown study about the wickedness and where it's going to go, and this whole homosexual uh, aspect. This is the tip of the iceberg. What's coming next and what we're already starting to see next, now it's moving into even uh, further uh, angles of that to where uh, they want all equal rights for anybody who's doing anything, including uh, pedophilia and things of that nature. It's coming, folks. They already have the court cases, as we saw, that they're using the same justification from the homosexual movement, okay, that that is their uh, right and as long as there's consent, then it's perfectly fine. They're using the same argument that uh, homosexuality is used to win in the court system to use now for pedophilia. The article that he said today, you think it's getting dark? He said depraved mind. Listen, what he says is don't you think that the church even isn't going to go along even with that. And I'm talking about the apostate church. Because who in their right mind would have ever thought that the church of Jesus Christ would have caved on the issue of, come on, that homosexuality? I mean, this isn't like something like, well, you're a five-point Calvinist versus a four-point. Or you believe in all the gifts or some of the gifts. I mean, this is, come on, Old Testament, New Testament, Clear, right? Nobody ever caved on that one. And what are we seeing? And his warning was, listen, you're not only going to see society cave on these issues and go further into darkness, invent ways of doing evil. You're going to see the church is going to do it too because the church is slid. And the church is going to continue to accept these things and tolerate it under the name of just got to love one another. That's where we're headed. We are headed towards a wicked society. Jesus said as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. And if you look at Noah's day, completely wicked, we are fast approaching uh, the same thing. Why? Because what are we studying? What's this chapter about? What's Romans 1 warning? Where did all this stem from? Because you are ignoring the evidence of God's existence. You have the audacity to say he doesn't exist when he's left behind for you so much evidence. Absolutely nuts. nuts. So let's take a look at some of that com- common sense evidence. Now, this is a quote from John Updike. He said, the most miraculous thing is happening. The physicists are getting down to the nitty gritty. All right? And uh, the last thing they ever expected to be happening is happening. God is showing through. Right? And, and they've developed with the uh, technology, not just microscopes now, but electron microscopes. They can get down to the nitty gritty. And you know what they're finding? There is nothing uh, that is... Uh, uh, not not uh, complex. Everything's complex. I mean, In fact, the more you magnify the thing, it's like, whoa, a whole other layer of complexity. Right? And that's what I'm saying. God's showing through. Okay? And, but no. Just took billions of years, John. That's all. Yeah, give me a break. And so let's go deal with some common sense logic. Okay? Uh, the first picture there says this. Now imagine you're hiking in the area of the world that you believe no other person has ever been before. Okay? As you're hiking, you see one rock on another, that first picture there. Now, would you now suspect that someone had been there before you? No, because it's just one rock. You know, uh, we, and from, even from a Christian perspective, the reason why we have the topography that we have is the leftover uh, uh, remains of the first judgment when God flooded this world. And when God flooded this world... That not only gives us the shape of the things that we have today, of the topography, but you have big giant rocks kind of in the middle of nowhere because if you can imagine the whole earth covered with water and as God drained it, then it it has the power to move giant rocks out in the middle of nowhere and it could have left a rock like that. That's not a big deal. I I wouldn't necessarily think that one. But here's the point. Number two, if you're hiking in the same area and saw several rocks on top of each other, and if you look, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, not counting the little teeny tiny ones at the very bottom, um, Then it says, would you suspect that someone had been there before you? Remember your original premise that nobody's been here before. But you saw that now, what would you think? Yeah. Why? It's just common sense. I don't have to apply math. I don't have to get a degree for this. My brain, okay, tells me there's no way that happened by chance. One maybe. Two, ah, but no, and then in symmetrical, no, come on. Remember, the watch is 12, this is eight, right? Here's the kicker our bodies have 50 trillion rocks piled on top of each other. They're called cells. But that happened by chance? Now, now listen, there's even a major difference than that. Not only 50 trillion rocks are cells, But these things are not inanimate, they're living. And then when you get into the nitty gritty, as he says there, when you start to look inside these things, there's nothing uh, uh, by chance about them at all. There's nothing uh, uh, common about them. These things are literally micro factories. You see what I'm saying? So we not only have 50 trillion rocks, but we've got 50 trillion rocks that are actually miniaturized factories more complex than the space shuttle. Oh, and by the way, they all have to function. They're not just stacked there, they're actually moving and they're actually working in concert with one another for an intelligent purpose, to keep us alive. But that all had my chance. Isn't that neat? Isn't that awesome? You know what I'm saying? I don't think, I, yeah, I just, I, I'll probably just get that weird hairdo going, and, and you're good to go. And people will believe it, right? Something as simple as just showing this, believe it or not, to the skeptic, listen, come on. Do you believe that these seven rocks, eight rocks, probably, with Right? Well, what about the 50 rock, 50 trillion, not million, not billion, 50 trillion rocks inside of us? It's, it's insane. All right? Now, the next page I'm going to warn you is the world's largest rock group. Okay. So turn your page. And if you saw this rock group, this formation, okay, Mount Rushmore, ha, ha, ha. Okay. Uh, would you suspect that somebody had been there before you? All right. Why? We all know this can happen purely by chance, John. The wind, right? You know, and and, and the seasons come, the seasons go. Exfoliation, the cracks in the rocks expand, and just having to perfectly form a nose. Yeah, truly, it had to have been. You know, 60. I'm thinking more 70, Bobby. I don't know about you, but anyway, so. But, you know, what? Okay. uh, Now, here's the point. You, 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 nobody. You you thought the seven rocks on top of each other was bad enough. (laughs) Yeah, come on. Uh, But wait a second. You would have me to believe evolution that um, you you wouldn't think that these faces on these rocks happened by chance because that's ludicrous. Somebody did it. But you believe that the actual men that these faces represent did? That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I didn't have to get a math degree for that nor funky hairdo. Although, I don't know, I'm still working on the 80's look, but let's move on. Uh, now, Now, nature is somewhat predictable, he says. We know that the wind, the rain, the snow did not create the faces of the four U.S. presidents on Mount Rushmore. The design is too complex. It's obvious that an intelligent, talented designer artist created this, right? Common sense logic, okay? And so, let's move on. Now, apply that same logic with the rocks, or this rock group, okay, common sense. Now, let's apply it to what we see in our universe, okay, our universe. From the outer regions of space to the microscope, telescope to the uh, microscope, the world of atoms and molecules, our universe displays, here we go, complex design. First blank, First blank. you got it there, Bobby, we're cruising now. Complex design, purpose, we've got a lot of words on this one, order and arrangement. Complex design, purpose, order and arrangement. What's that, John? That's right. A complex design, purpose, order arrangement all right now let's just take a look at a few facts a few rocks if you will of our universe and you tell me if it makes sense to think that this thing all popped into existence by chance okay let's take a look uh, at the first one he says this now here's the facts folks this is science right we're moving from just common sense logic which is a good thing by the way okay to have now we're moving to science okay true science let's deal with the facts If our universe had not expanded at just the right speed at the moment of origin. So this is at the explosion factor. When God spoke, and it happened, right? They call it the Big Bang, as we saw before. Just because there's a Big Bang, that doesn't disprove. That actually proves the existence of God. Because the Big Bang proves there's a beginning. If something has a beginning, that implies a beginner. Just like we didn't pop into uh, this world out of just nothing. We came from a beginning, our parents. Okay, same thing. So he says not not just the fact that there was a Big Bang, but the speed of the explosion. Listen, that if it didn't happen at the right speed, life on Earth would have been impossible. Now listen, even Stephen Hawking, who doesn't believe in God, he has calculated that if the rate of the universe expansion uh, uh, one second after the Big Bang had been smaller by, listen, this is how precise it has to be, otherwise the whole thing wouldn't have worked in the first place. If it had been smaller by even one part in a hundred thousand million million. How many guys would say that's probably smaller than a hair? <laughs> this is precise. If it even had been smaller than one part of a hundred thousand million million. The universe would have collapsed into a fireball. But it's all by chance. Because what happened was there was nothing. And nothing exploded and here we are. That's what they teach in the textbook. Because we caught them, as we saw before, they used to say it was a tiny little ball of dirt that blew up. But the common logical sense question was, mm, where did the dirt come from? Who made the dirt? Right? So anyway, but let's continue on. That's just one factor, okay? Now keep in mind, as we read through this whole list here, I don't know how far we're going to get, but as we read through this list here, okay, any one of these disproves evolution. But we're going to keep going and going and going and going and going, okay? And what you're going to see, Christian, we don't need to shrink back in fear, Okay, the evidence, not just logic, not just the Bible, but scientific evidence is on our side. Why? Because we operate from a position of truth, lies. If something lies, it doesn't work. And evolution is a lie. We don't have to run in fear. Let's continue on. If the precise amount of matter were not uh, produced at the moment origin, the universe would have never been formed. So the amount of stuff that blew up in the first place was varied from what it was it could not have happened if the universe after it exploded not just the rate of the explosion itself but as it continued to go the expansion of that if it was at any other speed then life would not be possible if the electrical gravitational electromagnetic or nuclear forces in our world were any stronger or weaker if it varied even a tiny bit life could not be possible it's almost like it's dialed in precisely very interesting if our planet were listen not tilted exactly the way it is at 23.5 degrees on the axis of rotation, life could not be possible. Very interesting. The next page, if planet Earth were any closer to the sun, it would be too hot for life to exist on Earth. How many guys can figure that out without any help? Right? Okay, you don't need uh, some Star Wars movie. The guy's, oh, we're going to the sun. I wonder what's going to happen to them, Ruth. Yeah, you're going to fry. Okay, so same thing with the whole planet. Okay, right. It's almost like we're positioned exactly where we need to be. And not just us, but all the other planets and Galaxies and sun and moon. And we're going to get to that in a second. If it were any further away, then it would be too cold. The direct opposite. The distance happens to be, underline this phrase, just right. Mm. Now remember our opening text is, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Why would God... What have we been through? Just four, five, six of these now? Excuse me? Can you imagine God... First of all, I created you. And then you have the audacity to say that I don't exist when I've given you this evidence, this, 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 and that's not even counting the scripture. What? Anyway, so let's continue. If the size, composition, location, and orbit of the sun, earth, and moon were not just what they are, life would not be possible. So listen, it's not just the earth being in the right place, it's the moon being in the right place and the sun being in the right place, exact right place. Now remember evolution would have happens to believe that just everything blew up, it was complete chaos, it was totally random and then all of a sudden uh, I guess the sun stopped where it did, it got tired or something and then next thing you know, hey, here comes the little earth thing and he decides to camp out too and then Mr. Moon eventually came along and says, hey, can I join you guys? Right? Okay? And it just happened to be, hey, don't think so. Yeah, hey, he's right. All right, well, let's continue. Now, this is what's cool. Listen to this fact about the, the, about the moon. The size of the moon, listen, here's the word, just happens. The size of the moon just happens to be 400 times smaller than the sun. And the moon just happens to be precisely 400 times closer to the earth than the sun is. So guess what? This just happens to make the total solar eclipse possible from an earthbound point of view whenever their orbits travel and bring them in line with one another. But it's all by chance, isn't it? Are you kidding me? One can't help, he says, feel but a nagging sense of suspicion that there's probably more going on here than just a mindless series of happy accidents. Really? I like that word. Turn to somebody and say, happy accidents. Okay, Okay. next one. Listen, if the surface temperature of the sun was slightly higher or lower, life on earth would not be possible. So flip it around. Not just the location of the earth, further away or closer away. uh, We'd fry or freeze. Hey, just even if we were in the right spot, if the sun was hotter or not hot, we're still toast. So that's got to be right. And again, now notice, go, go back to that picture with the rocks stacking up. Right? Stacking up. How many rocks have we stacked up so far? And we ain't even close to being done with this list. And this isn't even all of them, this list that he's compiled. And you're still going to continue to believe that this all happening by chance? Ludicrous. He says this. He says, uh, if the earth rotated around the sun at any other speed or diameter, then life could not be possible. So it's not just being stuck in the right place, but the the, rate of speed that the earth goes around the sun, that, that just happens to be in the right place, which just happens to be giving off the right amount of heat, happens to be the exact same speed That you need to have, and uh, the a diameter. It happened to stop in the right spot and started to rotate on this track exactly what it needs to be. All right? Because you could go at the right speed, but if your diameter from the sun's off, you're toast. But it just happens to be right. Put another rock on the pile. Okay, is, what, is what's going on. If the cosmological constant. Now, how many guys read that on the back of the granola bar this morning? It's like I learn something new every day by that granola bar. Yeah, whatever. Uh, And that's the energy density of empty space. Okay, the empty space is in space. If that were any different, life on Earth would not be possible. In fact, all the seemingly arbitrarily unrelated constants in physics have one strange thing in common. These are precisely the values you need if you want to have a universe capable of producing life. Crazy. Continue on. If the delicate ozone layer did not exist to filter out the sun's harmful ultraviolet rays, life on Earth would not be possible. We know if you tweak with that thing, and I'm not believing in the, the global warming lie, we've talked about that before, uh, but we do know that that actually does have an effect on human life. I don't have time to go into this, but we'll go into it greater detail when we get to the issue of Noah's uh, flood, okay? And we'll go into what was the pre-flood society like, as well as the atmosphere, the effects on the human body, and the effects afterward when that uh, 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 canopy uh, in the atmosphere uh, collapsed. Okay, and what we know uh, is that uh, with that water that was in the atmosphere there, that it created a greenhouse effect on the human body. Uh, It also, the oxygen content was much higher. Uh, The uh, the pressure uh, was higher. And we know, because they've duplicated experience with that, that it has really fantastic results on all of life, not just humans. Uh, Lord willing, when we get to that part, I'll actually show you a video clip of a guy who's put this uh, to test on fish and under the same environments, in a pre-flood environment, and the fish, got massive. Massive piranha. He did it with piranha. And the piranha that are normally like this are like about like this. I thought this was bad enough. I'd say unplug the system, you know, or eat that thing or something. But that looks creepy. All right. But they've also done it on the human body. Many skeptics look at the beginning portion of Genesis, and when it starts talking about so-and-so begot so-and-so, who begot so-and-so, and he lived 969 years, ah, oh, that's a bunch of baloney. You expect me really? Well, they've actually done the experiments with the same pre-flood atmosphere, and they found that it has amazing effects on the human body. You not only heal faster, uh, you not only can uh, run longer and without getting tired, uh, it's just amazing effects. And one of the effects it has on the human body is longevity. And NASA actually took the research... Uh, from this guy, Dr. Carl Ball, and his research. And they began to uh, use it on some of their biospheres and applied the same kind of uh, atmosphere uh, things with humans. And what they have found, and this is from the report, and again, we'll get into this much later, I'm just giving a little teaser, is they have stated, and this is, this is from NASA, this is their quote. They said that what they have found, that, that, that uh, when these men came back, only being in that atmosphere for a few months, that uh, their gray hair uh, had started to disappear, their wrinkles had started to disappear, and I'm not making this up, they even said their libidos increased to the point where their wives complain. It's in the actual report. The youth started coming back, okay, and youthfulness, and it says this, and we theorize mathematically that if they're in these conditions, okay, that the human body could max out at about, and this is their quote, 1,000 years. That's from NASA. And we're the goofballs who believe in the literal Genesis account when it said Methuselah was how old? 969? He still had time to go according to NASA, right? But see, that's what happens. Our atmosphere has to be exactly what it is, okay? Or it's going to affect life, okay? Let's continue on. If the moon were any closer to the earth, ocean tides would cover the highest mountains. How many guys would say it'd be kind of hard to breathe at that point? Right, as well as go to work the next day. Uh, If we're any bigger in the same place, the tides would be too strong. Life would not be possible. The thickness of the earth's crust, even the amount of dirt we got on the earth, if it were slightly different, the earth, uh, life on Earth would not be possible. If our planet did not have an abundant supply of carbon, oxygen, nitrogen, hydrogen, phosphorus, and calcium, life would not be possible. In fact, no other planet has been found to have all these crucial elements to sustain life. Everything that we need just happens to be here and only here. It's almost like God specifically chose this planet to do something really fantastic for a fantastic creation called mankind, created in His image. Interesting. Okay, let's continue on. He says this, if our planet were not covered with four-fifths of water, which evaporates, it's the hydrologic cycle, which gives us rain, regulates temperature, life wouldn't be possible. If water did not have such a high, listen to this, water, we're going to get into it later, Lord willing, water itself is an absolute miracle. The fact that we have, when you start, you like water, we don't even think about water. I mean, we drink it here in Vegas a lot, but uh, we don't think about and appreciate just the gift that water is, okay? But it's not just water itself. Listen to this. If water didn't have such a high boiling point, was that 212 degrees Fahrenheit? Uh, And if its solid form, ice, were not less dense than its liquid form, life on earth would not be possible. So it's not just we need water to exist and it's a miracle in itself, that liquid period Okay, but if that liquid period didn't have the precise boiling point or if it didn't have the right uh, 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 context uh, for the solidity to form, you couldn't have life. How many rocks have we piled up so far? We're still going, folks. Turn to the next page. If the process of atmospheric evaporation were not finally and precisely balanced, life on Earth would not be possible. If the range of temperature, humidity, pressure, and/or acidity in our atmosphere were different, life on Earth would not be possible possible. And listen to this, if the speed of light constant or the gravitational constant were slightly different, life on earth would not be possible. And he says this, the fundamental laws of constants of nature did not gradually evolve into their present life supporting character through a process of natural selection as widely believed. Instead, they spontaneously came into being. God went, poof. okay. but when they did, uh, with the existence, it, with the origin of the universe itself, they came in, listen, perfectly calibrated perfectly calibrated and ready for action. In other words, it popped on the scene, ready to go, fully functioning like a watch. That's our universe. That's what he's saying there, folks. There's no way. Despite the infinity of possible errors, remember, if it's all chaos, all random, all by chance, you mean to tell me not one of these things, these rocks that we piled up, is going to fall down? Every single aspect is finely tuned. Now we're going way beyond just 12 parts in a finely tuned, calibrated watch. This thing is getting very complex. And this is just the universe. Wait till we see everything else. Uh, he says this, The universe repeatedly chose the correct value. Each time it had to do, so f- as far as our own existence is concerned. Mathematicians tell us that the probability for this happening, based on the evidence, this isn't, Oh, you guys are brainwashed. you got to accept this by blind faith. you got to check in your brain at the door when you become a Christian. No, mathematicians tell us that the probability for this happening is, What? Zero. I didn't say that. Mathematicians. And I think some of those guys have the weird hairdo, too, so they should listen to them. All right. Yet we are here. all right? Yet we are here. Now quickly, I'm just going to take you over here uh, into the middle of next page. I want you to read this quote with me, Roger Penrose. you see that over there? In the middle of the page? OK? He says this: "Roger Penrose calculated the mathematical probability of our universe just popping out of nowhere, OK? With the mind-boggling degree. Of fine tuning that enables us to exist in our universe to be 10 and, uh, uh, to the 10th to the 123rd power. Now listen to that. It doesn't sound big, but listen. This number is so vast that it can't be written on a piece of paper the size of the entire visible universe. How many of you guys would say it's a large piece of paper? How many of you guys would say we might run out of trees before we? How many of you guys would hate to see the size of that pencil? <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Inquiry minds want to know. John. Uh, what? That's, it's, that's how big that number is. right? We think 123, yeah, woo-woo. That's how big that number is. Okay, if, it, if just the universe popped out of existence, that's nothing. Let's go the other direction. Now remember, if you saw before, we had, it's calculated uh, with an event with a value of 1 in 10 to the 50th power. five zero, 0 not 123, 50th power. We saw before, and this is mathematical equations. Listen to this. That... It will never, if something, they've calculated this. Mathematicians, I'm not making this up. This isn't some Christian with blind faith. They've calculated that if an event, whatever you want to say that event was, something blew up, this happened, whatever, it can never, is their words. It can never happen ever by chance. It's impossible. So if you go over the 50th, 1 in 10 to the 50th, mathematicians say, it'll never happen. I don't, chance, years, add whatever you want. It's ludicrous. They're saying, mathematicians, that have... Now, first of all, we just saw the number for anything popping out of the universe out of nowhere is uh, double that, over double that, almost triple that, right? So right there, we should, according to, not us, not according to us being blind in our faith, okay? We didn't even have to quote one Bible verse, not that that's bad, okay? But I can just demonstrate mathematically it is ludicrous. In fact, remember what we saw before and said before, once you start taking a look at the facts folks, scientific, even mathematics, even logic, it takes more faith to maintain a belief in evolution. And if you want to be kind of comical to make a point, you could flip it around to an evolution and say, "You know what? I just I just have my hats off to you. I got to give it to you because you got more faith than I do. I wish I had a faith that was as big as yours because it takes more faith to believe that than my belief. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, that's the ruse that's being played on us. They're suppressing this truth by wickedness. I think, by and large, the reason why so many people believe in evolution is, number one, they want there not to be a god. Number two is because they are not given the opportunity to share to the contrary. People don't get to hear this side. Right? Not in school, whatever. So they don't know. And again, that's our privilege, duty is to be able to share that Uh, with him. But that's what he says. He says, listen, it's 1 in 10 to the 50th power, okay, is what he's talking about there, but let's continue on. So that's what's defined. Now, a guy named Sir Frederick Hoyle, he decided to calculate the probability, use the math, of a single bacterium coming into existence from some so-called primordial soup, right? Now, prior to this project, Hoyle was a firm believer in evolution, spontaneous uh, generation, but once he did the math and looked at the evidence, he turned his opinion around 180 degrees. He had to because it's impossible. Listen to this. Using the laws of chemistry, probability, thermodynamics, and a computer, he calculated that the probability of a spontaneous generation of just... Listen to this. This is not even the whole bacteria. This is not even the whole ba- uh, amoeba. This is just the proteins of an amoeba. Not all the amoeba. Just the proteins. The one aspect of the all right? He calculated that just the odds of the chance generation of the proteins of an amoeba is 1 in 10 to the 40,000th power. That's just the proteins. Of the, that's not the amoeba. That's just the proteins. Now remember what, what the chance never happens is what? 50. Just the proteins of the amoeba is 40,000. It's ludicrous. To say that, and to maintain that, okay? And just to give you an idea how big that number is, uh, it's estimated that the number of atoms in the entire universe is 1 in 10 to the 87th power. That's a lot. Okay, uh, it's ridiculous. In fact, it's said that this kind of thinking, to say that, well, no, it still happened by chance. The proteins of an amoeba. Logic says, mathematics says, this kind of thinking is about as reasonable if you were to say that given enough time and chance, you know, just pick your years, Bobby, right? Mm, I'm going for a trillion today. How about you? You still stuck on billions? You better add some more. Okay, no. But given enough time and chance, okay, that a Scrabble factory, how many guys like playing that game? How many guys always get in fights with that game? You start out with great intentions, but you're so competitive. Yes, yeah, not me. Anyway, let's... <laughs> <laughs> Give enough time and chance, okay, that you believe that a Scrabble factory could explode enough times, because it's gonna take quite a few, that eventually that the letters and the Scrabble will land perfectly to spell out the whole book War and Peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give enough time. You know, a trillion, billion, yeah, yeah. What? Or that a tornado can whip through a junkyard, leaving behind a perfectly formed Boeing 747. I don't know about you, but did you guys see that footage? This is the math. This is the logic. If you believe that, that's what you believe also, according to math. I don't know about you guys, but remember the, the horrible uh, tornado that went through Joplin? All that footage. Did you guys see the footage afterwards? It was amazing. You know, I mean, that was a, a bad stuff with all due respect to those lost loved ones, but by way of a humorous analogy. I don't know if you guys saw that, but when, after that thing was done, that tornado whooped through there, there was, I, I think at least I saw but I didn't get to see every news interview. I saw at least seven uh, a Boeing 4, 747s that were on the edge of the community, ready to go. What a blessing. That'll help regenerate their economy, and they could sell them and build the city again. And uh, uh, No, that's not what happened. But if you believe just the proteins from amoeba, uh, you believe that too. Why don't they put that on TV? Okay, that would make your hair go, mm, if you're trying to tease me. <laughs> you guys probably know the guy I'm talking about. But anyway, so anyway, uh, but anyway. Or, let's continue. Just the proteins. If you do the math, the odds of a person winning the state lottery every single week of their life from the age of 18 to 99 every week, from 18 to 99, is more likely than the spontaneous generations of just the proteins of a single amoeba. That's the facts. And that's why he concluded, Sir Frederick Hoyle, he says, listen, the likelihood of the formation of life from inanimate matter is one to the number of 40,000, like he said there, he said, quote, is enough to bury Darwin and the whole theory of evolution there was no primeval soup neither on this planet nor on any other. And if the beginnings of life were not random, and they're not, they must therefore have been the product of purposeful intelligence. Can anybody guess who that might be? God. And he gives you all this evidence and you still say, no. And you wonder why the wrath of God is being revealed. And our society is going down the tubes. One more. Alright, that's just the proteins. Let's take a look at a bacterium. Right. let's just try one bacterium. One little bacteria I mean because isn't that the whole premise that somehow some way some so-called simple cell popped on the scene out of this soup well let's put it to the test all right remember it, it it's 50 you know beyond that never chance that and that's this is our own research math okay okay and uh, so uh, this is the cell now in the cell it's not just made up of proteins you've got the DNA and the RNA and all the other stuff that holds it together and all that gook and stuff and like there and again it's not just randomly whatever you get an electron microscope we'll see actual videos of this it's a complete complex machine factory phenomenal okay but anyways let's take a look at the odds now a yale university professor his name was harold morowitz he calculated the odds for this event this is now we went from uh the universe which is way above and beyond no way uh we went to just the proteins of an amoeba now we're going to all right let's just try a bacteria what do we come up with I'm not even going to write this number out. He calculated that the chances of a single bacteria somehow coming to life is 1 in 10, let me make sure I get this right, 100 trillionth power. I got to write that out. There you go. An event after 50, can never happen by chance. I don't care how much time you give it. And the whole premise of evolution that some bacteria popped up is 100 trillion. How many guys would say, may not be the best at math, and you may not get this on the back of that granola bar, but would say that that's a little bit bigger than that one? Ludicrous. What's that? Three zeros? That could very well be. Let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to use the analogy, they, they, they've, uh, I forgot to share that again, but I shared it before. Uh, that would be akin to saying like this. Let me give you a visual to go with 110 to 50, okay? Like I could literally, we could calculate the odds of me throwing a baseball uh, to the moon eventually. That's your event. But we know just even saying that without even doing the math, hey, I could throw it one, one baseball every second for every year that I could ever be alive. What are the odds that I'm ever going to make it to the moon? Now, that's my event, and I can calculate the odds, but that is a 1 in 10 to the 50th. Never, never a chance, whatever. Okay? So, I can never throw a baseball to the moon as much as I'd want. That's this. But the universe, the proteins, and a bacteria did? It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, okay? And that's what he says this. He says, listen, now, let's, we're going to close after this. Uh, here's the same logic. Apply this, okay? Not just you winning the lottery, but if this is the bacteria one, but if you and your entire extended family are more likely to win the lottery every week for a hundred years than for a single bacteria to come into existence. And we're the (laughs) dum-dums? We're the one that is blind faith. Who's got the blind faith? Okay, not us. They do, okay. And keep in mind, our bodies have 50 trillion cells. Now remember, that was just one bacteria, one little cell. Our body's got 50 trillion of those, okay? Which all have to be in existence all the same time. How many guys can verify that? Which all, by the way, they happen to coincide and not only work together, but they form these things called organs. Not that thing over there. It's a different kind of organ, Tom. I know you're thinking of that, okay? But that has design in it too. I know where you're going with that. Okay, uh, but your organs, you know, your heart, your liver, your lungs, and how many guys could uh, demonstrate that you have to have all those in place all at the same time, fully functioning, or you're not doing too well, okay? Now, that's not only that happened by chance, uh, but then you happen to have to somehow pop on the scene, uh, not only just a male, but a female, in order to procreate and to get the whole thing going. And we all know it's hard enough just to get married, because you've got to have like each other, you got It's ludicrous. I mean, when you start looking at all this, folks, it's insane. And so when you first start out with that text, when it says, The wrath of God is being revealed against mankind. Is it really that harsh of God? And we're not even done with the list. And this isn't even the whole list. That God has given us, you are without excuse. It says there, no stinking wonder. I've given you this, I've given you that, I've given you this. And give me a break. I've even given you mathematics. I've given you the brain that you use to discover and to use and write and do mathematics. And you have the audacity to say I don't exist and still rebel against me. And then you actually think that you're going to stand before me and continue to shake a fist at me and say I didn't have enough proof. Once again, how many guys would say that if you're going to do something on a Saturday afternoon, that's probably not a good thing to do? Praise God. Lord willing, next time we'll pick up where we left off get dealing with some more proof uh, with that and uh, hopefully finish the chapter uh, next week and then believe it or not we take our first detour and our first detour is with heavy duty PowerPoint actual video clips. Uh, you thought this was interesting. We're going to go even deeper, Lord willing, and we're going to take a Lord willing 10 week journey all on the evidence of intelligent design. We focus mainly on the aspect of the universe. We're going to go literally universe, earth, and smaller and smaller and smaller all the way down to bacterial level. And we're going to take a look at the complexity of God's design. So that'll be, Lord willing, in a couple weeks. But let's pray. Well, hi. This is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church. And I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that,